This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. You got to check it again. Check it out. Okay, ready? What time are we starting? We're starting at 10.25. Okay. Enjoy your Shabbat Shalom Aleichem, everyone. Good evening. Are we on? Are we on? Vaccinate your children. Vaccinate your children. Absolutely vaccinate your children. Vaccinate your children from the measles and vaccinate your children from our virus. Right? We don't want that to spread. We don't want that disease to spread, right? But how do you vaccinate from a virus? Not the same way you vaccinate from the measles. Vaccinate from measles, you put a little measles in them. And you get antibodies, but a virus, you're not supposed to do a little a virus, you get antibodies. How do you vaccinate against a virus? Put mitzvahs in them, right? All right, a Nairidika story, everybody. Oh, I've got a bunch of Nairidika stories tonight, and we're going to learn such deep, deep, deep things. I hope you're not tired while you're listening to this shit tonight, because you've got to really be awake. So, the story, i got a couple of stories. The story's like this. Someone just told me the story, I forgot the, na- the name of the family. There was a discussion at a table. The father was telling his daughter how important the tilas yadayim in the morning. Tilas yadayim in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, what do you have to do? You have to watch Negovasa. You have to watch Negovasa. Why do you have to watch Negovasa? Machlekes. Not Machlekes. One group of rabbis hold. Because anytime you touch a part of your body that's normally covered, right? You have to wash your hands. So at night, being that you're sleeping, your hands travel all over yourself. You're scratching underneath your undershirt and underneath your pajamas. So you probably, through the night, touch some part of your body that was, that's normally covered. Therefore, when you wake up in the morning, you have to wash your hands. Okay? That's one. Other group of rabbis says, no, that when your neshama leaves, whenever there's a void, so tumor comes, when a person dies, so the neshama leaves, so there's a tumor that comes and replaces it. When a person goes to sleep, part of his neshama leaves, goes to shemayim. So the Ruach Tumah, there's a Ruach Tumah that comes onto the person's body, and therefore, they have to wash. Therefore, what's the difference between these two rabbis? If you fall asleep during the day, if you fall asleep during the day, your hands are going places, you're going to have to wash your hands because you probably touched it and uncovered. But that Ruach, that ruach Ra of sleeping doesn't come down during the day. So if the reason is the Ruach raw, you wouldn't have to wash your hands. The reason is that you touched under your shirt, under wherever it is, your skin, then, or scratch your head, then you would have to wash. So we do wash, by the way. If you fall asleep during the day, when you get up, you should wash. Okay, anyway, so why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this? Listen to this. The grandmother, the great-grandmother, the great-grandmother, the grandmother of the father, the great-grandmother, said, told her children that when, listen to this, that when she was in Auschwitz, guys, you want to hear what Kleistro was all about? You want to hear what Kleistro was all about? When she was in Auschwitz, they used to give a half a cup of, they, they may believe it was coffee, but it was like mud water. It was like coffee, but it was like mud water. A half a cup of mud water and coffee, and that was their drink for the day. Half a cup. That's it. That's all they got. And a dry piece of bread. She said, when I got up in the morning and I got that cup, I used it for Nagelwasser. So I had nothing to drink a whole day. 
you hear? The cup of water she got in the morning for breakfast, she poured out on the floor through her hands because she didn't want to be tummy. Me, Ka'am Chisrael. I should finish the shit tonight, we should all go home. That's it. You don't need to know more than that. You hear? She was so into Negovasa that she shouldn't be tummy that she, her little water that she got in the morning, little coffee she got in the morning, she, uh, she spilled on the floor because she washed her hands. And you can't drink the water that you wash your hands with. It's tummy. Nairadig, everybody out there. Nairadig. You hear how they used to keep mitzvahs in Auschwitz? Now we're free to do whatever we want. You hear? You can have your coffee and your tilsidayim. You can have your coffee and drink it. You can have your cake and eat it. You can have your coffee and drink it. And you can do the tilsidayim. Okay. Anyway, just, I thought that story was wild. Now, a nice, interesting story that you boys, that I said. The Shabbos, I spoke Pirkei Avos. And it says in Pirkei Avos on every parak, what does it say? Before you start the parak, what does it say? Call Yisrael Yeshlehem. So then why do I have to be good? No, no, you have a chelik. Yeah, call Yisrael. Yeah, like they have a part. But you have a part. So once upon a time, once upon a time, there was a poor man. Once upon a time, Dugma Mag is going to answer the question. Once upon a time, this is a good story to say over to your kids, Shabbos. Once upon a time, there was a poor man who came collecting to this rich man's house. He happened to have come at dinner time. So he knocks on the door, and they open the door, and he says, can I get some tzedakah? And the rich man says, tzedakah? You can get tzedakah, and you can have dinner with us. Ooh, really? Dinner? I'm starving. Great. So, he sits down at the table, the poor man, and there's a bunch of plates, and glasses, and silverware, and napkins, and no food. You know the story? No. And no food. He's sitting there like, even in his house, he's poor. They have a piece of pita, some, some hummus, something. This table has nothing. He's looking at the rich man. He says, um, I don't see any food. The rich man says, wait. There's a little metal bell. Ding, 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 ding. Doors open. Waiter comes out. Appetizer. Duck appetizer. Duck appetizer. Bread they bring out, salad, soda, sushi, you name it, right? So he eats the appetizer, he's like very impressed. They clean it off, out comes the soup. Two, three different types of two chicken, vegetable, uh, uh, mushroom soup, thank you. I got my man here, I got my restaurant guy here, right? And, um, and he's like, wow, not, not bad. And then. Ding, 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 main dish, lamb chops, with salad, with french fries, with alligator damasas. And then, ding, 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 good piece of cake, dessert, cake, and ice cream. He's like, that is amazing. He said, that's such a cute bell. He asked the rich man, where did you get that bell from? The rich man says, there's a, on the corner, there's a hardware store. They sold these bells. Okay. Next day, he took all the tzedakah that he had put together, comes to the hardware store, and he buys the bell. Okay? So running home to his wife, says, listen, Shabbos, I don't want you cooking nothing. I don't want you making nothing. I don't want you baking nothing. I got it covered. She goes, okay, no problem. 
comes home after after davening. She's looking in the fridge. There's nothing there. She's looking where the chalas usually are. There's nothing there. Like, I don't know where, where, where did he hide it. Like what's he doing? Right. Sits down. Tells her sit down. Put out the dishes. You know the silverware. Everything. She goes okay. Chaim no. Where's the food? One minute. Hold on. Comes out. He's got a bag. She's like, okay, maybe something in the bag. Takes out a beautiful little bell. She says, what's that? He goes, watch what's going watch what's going to happen. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, the door opened. You, you're perfect. Ding, 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 ding. She goes, what are you doing? Ringing the bell. He says, these are special bells. When you ring them, the appetizer is going to be here in one second. And he keeps ringing. Of course, guys, you know, there's no appetizers, nothing. She says, idiot, idiot, what are you doing? You fool, what are you doing? He goes, what are you talking about? I was by this rich man. And he also bought such a bell. And every time he rang it, they brought all kinds of food from the kitchen. She goes, yeah, but you have to have food in the kitchen. The bell doesn't make the food. The bell just tells the waiter to bring the food. You didn't buy anything for Shabbos? You're crazy, we have no food. You would have thought it was the bell. She says, no, the bell don't tell. The bell don't do nothing. Guys, but if there ain't nothing in Oyelam Haba, you can ring the bell, there's nothing there. You have a chalak, you have a, a big closet to put stuff in, like you were saying. But just because you have a chalak, because you have the bell, doesn't mean anything's going to come in. You got to have stuff in the kitchen. If you don't have anything in the kitchen, right? You like that story. Yeah, you're going to say it over. You like that, the bell, right? Okay. Look at my magid. No, you dig a meister. One more mice, and then we're going to go into some really deep stuff tonight. Hashem. Hashem should give us. So, I heard this over from, it's, it's a very big chizik for me, and um, a very big chizik for anybody that works with the tzibur, by the way. So, I, this is this was this, pa- this past week, I spoke in shul, so I had to prepare. Pekayabos, Perkshaini. Shady says, this is about you, this is about you guys, what I'm about to say. This is about your grandparents. It says the following. Mishnah It's good if you learn Tyra and you go to work. Both. Why? Because what's the worst thing for a person? Being bored, not doing anything. But if you're gonna learn. If you're going to learn and work, you're going to be very busy, right? So, if you can learn a whole day, that's even better. But if you can't, at least you should do both. Why? Because if you do both, and you're working, and you're learning, and you're busy the whole time, the main thing is you're not bored, it'll keep you away from sin. Any Torah that there's no work, in the end you're not going to, you're going to stop learning, because you don't have a parnasa. It also could be malacha, that when you learn Torah, it's what? you got to work it, man. You can't just sit there. you got to work it. Okay. In the end, you're going to end up doing it because you don't do it yourself. You're going to stop piddling with your phone. Stop looking at stuff on the internet. You're going to start texting people you shouldn't be. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you're learning and you're doing business, you don't have time for that. Shh, just. Unless you're doing business with the shtus. Also. Right? Now. Are you talking about multitasking? That's what you're talking about. Okay. 
I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't want to know what they're talking about. Here's what I want to get to. And anybody who's Isaac with the Tibur. So if you're Isaac with the Tibur, it means you're working with, the, with Jewish kids, with Jewish public. With... You should do it with Shemayim. Not for money, not for covered or respect. You should do it because you're Hashem's children and you want to help them. Now, if you think that you can be successful without help, it's not going to happen. Why? The ones that are helping you, the siyat and the shmaya, are the grandfathers and your great-grandfather's boys. It's your grandfather and your great-grandfather that got you to come to shir tonight. They put it in your head. They're sitting in Shemayim and they're going in front of Hashem and they're like, there are many times where I meet girls that, or, uh, that I'm dealing with and I'm like, you know, your grandfather must have dove in really hard because I wasn't supposed to be here today or whatever. It wasn't supposed to happen. And there's this chosavos. So, so therefore, Hashem helps you because the grandparents and great-grandparents and the chosavos of their fathers, it's because of Meslach and whatever they did right is there forever. Now, if that's the case, why are you giving me credit, Hashem? If the whole, if the whole thing is happening because of the Shemayim of the grandparents and great-grandparents and Shemayim, so why am I getting credit? Hashem says, and we do you a favor. We do you a favor, even though it's not you, it's me that helped you because they have schusavos. I'm going to make believe like you did it. Which brings me to a Neuridika story, and this Neuridika story with my paper. Look at my paper. Hmm. Anyway, this Neuridika story. It's in this book, no. It was. Here? Make up your mind. What? Epho. No, not that one. No. Um, okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. So the story is from Noach Weinberg. You want to hear the story? The story is from Noach Weinberg. When you're Rav Noach Weinberg, who is the Rosh Hashiva of Rosh Hashiva, Noach Weinberg of Rosh Hashiva, with Rashiva of Rashiva of Eshatara, he, uh, he's the one who made Eshatara. Yeah, but before he made Eshatara, he fa- six of his yeshivas failed. One was because they had no money, and then in those days, Kirov was not really in, and people were a little bit against Kirov, and so so his Talmidim said to him, he was sitting with his Talmidim one day, unbelievable story, and he, and they asked him, Rabbi, you're very smart. Rav Noach Weinberg was very smart. He's a brilliant man, brilliant man. They asked him. Why, why, why didn't you stop after the, you know, you open a business, it fails. You open another business, it fails. You open another business, it fails. The same business you open up, right? You're on the corner, you open up a cleaners, nobody comes in, it fails. You're going to open another cleaners, and then another cleaners? What are you doing? You open your shiva, it fails. You open your shiva, it fails. You open your why, did, why did you continue? Why didn't you stop? So this is what he said. This is for you, Maishi Sasha. This is for you. So why didn't he stop? So this is what he said. He said, anything you do in this world... For Hashem, because Hashem gave it to you. you. You give money to tzedakah, big deal. Who gave you the money? You teach Torah, who gave you the Torah? So whatever you do in this world, right? So there's a mission of Pekach that says, Tehle Mishaloh, Shakoshalo, everything is his. So, so what are you doing? You gave money to the poor person, who gave you the money? God gave you money, so you're giving the money back to him? So why should you get credit? So it's brought down in Sfarim, it's just Hashem's being nice to us. He does chesed, Tell us that he gives you money, then you give money back to him, and he says thank you. Right? If I give you a, an apple, and you give me back the apple, what, what, you, like, what do I have to thank you for? 
to think you gave me back the apple? I gave you the apple, you gave me back to me. What did they do? So why, so, so this is what Avnayach said. Avnayach said that since, I'm, since I started, I made a decision that I want to give God something he doesn't have. Everything in this world is his. Except about tshuva, who doesn't know anything about tshuva, yiddishkeit, shabbos, or anything, Hashem doesn't have him. I will make it my life to give God something he doesn't have. Money, he has. Tyra, he has. Brains, he has. Everything he has. But these guys, he doesn't have. She says, I would have done 14 yeshivas. I would have done 20 yeshivas. I wasn't going to stop until I was successful in giving God something he doesn't have. When you deal with kids that are off the derech, and you're able to bring them back, you're giving Hashem something that he does not have. That's huge. That's unbelievable. So anytime you feel, I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm, I'm trying to help kids and it's not working and it's not working, doesn't matter. You don't stop because if you help a child that's off the derech and you bring it back to Hashem, you're giving Hashem something he doesn't have. The kid's off the derech. He's disconnected. What? But you're, you're doing it. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Hashem only knows what you did because you did it. You're not here my share tonight because Hashem knew you'd be here. Because you wouldn't get any credit, then you won't get any credit for learning. Hashem made you come. Hashem knows that you would be here because you're here. Because in Hashem's world, there's no time. Once you leave earth, there's no spinning around that sun. There's no time. So, so past, present, and future is all in the same second. There's no second. You can't even understand that because we live in a world of time. So, so therefore, Hashem only knows that you're here because you're here. So he has, nothing, he has nothing to do with you being here. He doesn't know where you're going to be next. He knows where you're going to be next too because that's where you're going to be next. There's no, there's no, no, there's no time. There's no next. No. It's hard. You can't understand that. How could there be no next? How could there be no past? Yeah, we spoke about this a long time ago. All right. Anyways, I think that's another Jacob shot. You hear? You want to give God something he doesn't have? No, you come back on the derech. <laughs> there you go. Sit. Tonight you say, Hashem, you know what? You haven't had me for a while. I'm back. I'm back. That's it. You're my man. Regards to me, sister. Spoke to this week. Anyway. Nobody can see you, so don't worry about it. They don't know who I'm talking to. They don't know who I'm talking to. Unless he wants to flip the camera, then he'll get a hundred shidduchim. He'll be like, who is that on Torah anytime? That cute guy with the glasses and the hat on? Like, right? All right. Shut No names. No names. Oh, now he, he's coming out. He wants to stand in front of the camera. He is. It's me, guys. No, we could charge money. Like, every week, it's $1,000, and we'll turn the camera on you. That's it. We don't need a shidduchim. There'll be no crisis anymore. Every, every we. You bring a boy up here and we say, anyone who's watching, he's a very nice boy, he's 21 years old, this is what he's doing. We should really do that before we, before we start the share. Every week we should have another boy. And, 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 and we could do, we could do, we could take care of the shit of crisis. Not a bad idea. Tomorrow night I teach in our novel, we'll have a girl. Shalom Aleichem, my name is so-and-so, this is how old I am, and all the, everyone who watches Torah anytime, but Torah anytime might get into trouble, but they're, okay, whatever, we're not going to talk about it. Okay. No, we're not doing it. Right? Wallstein's just thinking out loud. We're not doing it. And Torah anytime is not doing it. All right. I would like to learn with you boys 
something very deep from the Toma Devora. Now, there's a book, Toma De- there's, a, there's a book in English, The 13 Attributes of Toma Devora. I'm now teaching you past that. So it's actually from the Toma Devora itself, which is a little hard to understand, very deep. But I think that if we could do these eight lessons very fast, it, it'll change everyone's life. So listen very carefully. This is Perik Shani in the Toma Devora. This is the holy stuff. Is that really supposed to go to the mikvah before you learn this? You're definitely not supposed to uh, be smoking while we're learning this. Cigarettes. Okay. So this is what it says. Every person is supposed to be like our, like Hashem, through the midah called the keser. Keser is a crown. Okay? Um, now, I want to teach you what does that mean to be the crown of Hashem? Harishayna. Number one. The number one vessel, everybody here, everybody listening, the number one vessel for a Jew, for anyone to grow. What do you, what do you think that is? What midah? What trait? What is the most important trait? I want to create a vessel to put holiness into. What mida, what trait, right, would be the most important trait for a person to have? If, if, if a girl was looking for a mida, if she came to me, she said, Rabbi, what, what mida? Midos means a lot of mida. If she said, what's the most important one? A what? Is that a mida? What is it? What is, who was the biggest tzaddik that you know that lived in the Torah? What was his m- main midah? Modesty. If a person is modest, right, then he's not a balgaiva, he's not a big shot. If you're not a big shot, you're not going to talk bad about other people. If you're not a big shot, you're not going to have a temper. Like, who might have a temper? If you're not a big shot, you're not going to be abusive to someone else because, oh my God, that other person is much greater than I am. So the, the midah, the most important midah of, of the first midah he's talking about is midah tanava, the neshi tuli bekesa. Shahare kol midah, kol amidos. This is the trait, the characteristic that, is, that, that includes. I can't follow you walking around the whole time. You're making me dizzy. Right? <laughs> no, but I'm ADT and he's ADT and he's going this way, I'm going the other way. It's not working. It's the most important midah. A person is not allowed to be a, 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 a balgaiva. How would you say? In English it means hoardy, right? Um, he should always be looking up. His head shouldn't be like looking up. Like he's like, you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Right? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. We don't want to say that either. You know the famous story with the nobody? This guy, this guy, this guy comes to yeshiva, right? It's a true story. guy comes to yeshiva. And in the old days, I don't know if they still have it, there was, when I was in Yeshiva, this thing called Musr Seder. So like 10 minutes before, yeah? Like 10 minutes before, 15 minutes before Mincha, you learn Muslim. She says, Yesharim comes, all the us, right? So there's this one, there's a famous story. There's one guy in Yeshiva, one guy, who would be standing in the middle of the base Medrash and saying, I'm a nobody! I'm a nothing! I'm a worm! I'm not even a worm! I'm dust! I'm garbage! 
And he would mamish scream like that for like 10 minutes. This guy comes to Yeshiva, first day, he sees this going, this guy getting up there, I'm nothing, I'm garbage, I'm a nobody. He goes, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, so the next day, right, everyone's learning music, this guy doesn't know anything, so the guy starts screaming, I'm a nobody, I'm a worm. So the other new kids start screaming, me too, I'm a worm, I'm a nobody, I'm garbage, I'm, 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 lower, than a, I'm lower than an ant, I'm lower than a pregnant ant. That's how low I am. I can, I can go crawl under a pregnant ant. That's pretty low. Right? I'm garbage! This other guy, the guy who was in yeshiva doing this for a long time, walks over to this new kid and says, Who do you think you are to be calling yourself nobody like me? You get it? You get it. Okay. He didn't get it. He'll get it t- tonight. He'll start laughing sometime. Right before he goes to sleep. He'll be putting his hand up. Now you chop it. I got you. Right? What do you mean you're nobody? You know how long I had to work to be a nobody? Chutzpah, you hit two days and you want to be a nobody? Yeah. Okay. So, Mr. Lekas, that's just, you, you, you got that story because you said I'm a nobody, right? No, um, I didn't say that. I'm a nobody. Ain't oise atzma rasha. Mishnah prekeyavos. Don't make yourself into a rasha. Because this, this is what the satan does. He says like this. You are such a bad boy. You have done so many averas that... No matter what, you're going to do 100,000 mitzvahs, it's not going to help. Do you remember when you did, oh my God, you remember, forget it, God's not going to forgive you. You know what? You did so many events already anyway, party, you might, as well, you might as well, you're going to hell anyway, so you might as well party. Or, you're a good boy, right? He says, listen, you're such a tzaddik. If you do one avera, it's not going to make a difference. So evil, he's got you coming and going, with satan, right? So innocent, don't make yourself into a Russia. You're not a Russia. He said, don't walk around, I'm a Russia. I'm a, that's like the guy screaming, I'm a nobody. You're not a Russia. Because how, why, how do you know you're not a Russia? Because you can do tshuva in one second, and all the Averas are going to become mitzvahs. You know that? It's, what does the Gemara say? I believe the Gemara says that if your person's a Russia, and he says, I need a hurry up, I'm an Ashanit Tzadik, Kedushin is good. Why? You're a Russia. You're just Mechal Shabbos. Now he went over to a girl and said, I want to marry you, because I'm a Tzadik. I'm not a tzaddik, because you can do tshuva in that second. So it's a kedushin is a good kedushin. If I'm if I'm correct, that's what Gemara says. Anyway, anyway, you should look down, not up. Number one, what does that mean? Adam, listen to this very deep. Listen to this beautiful, beautiful. He says, so so why should I look down? Right? Why should I look down? He says, a person who's makabal chesed from, a circum- from, a, from another person does you a favor, right? He gives you food. You're a little bit embarrassed in front of him that, that you needed him. I needed you, right? So you, I find very much that the people I help, not, they don't help me. So someone asked me once, like, why don't you go to the people you help and ask them for money? <laughs> really? That should, be the, that should be the people who should write you millions of dollars. You saved their daughter. They went to your high school. They went to your aunt. Whatever. You saved their daughter. Should we give you millions of dollars? No, because... Because you help them, they, 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 they want to forget that. Because, because if you, they remember that you helped them, then they remember what, they, what their daughter was doing, and the whole thing is reopened. So it's just better, like, just leave it alone. You know, fine, I did it, yeah, yeah and, and I'm done. He says, ah, this is what he's saying. So therefore, don't you have any bush in front of Hashem? What are you a big shot about? You're walking around like, you know who I am? What do you mean? God gave you life this morning. God gave you the ability to see, to hear, to eat, to breathe. 
so so he did you all this chesed. How come you're not embarrassed in front of it? Like, you owe him all this stuff. So just relax, you know, back off a little bit. Don't be such a big shot. That's what he's saying over here. Okay? That's what he's saying. So what you that I would still model that, right? A person should be not, should be embarrassed. Should look down. Not to make himself great. This, this midah of 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 um, modesty, right? Of being an honor, it's in your head. It comes from your head. You're only going to be a big shot if you think you're. You know who I am. I looking up. Right, a person who's in honor. Of, I had a, I had a, I had a rebbe. His name was Ramach Cheshwab. He was tzaddik. He was one of the lamed of tzaddik. He lived in Muncie. I went to Beishaga. I never saw the man look up. He walked in the street. He looked down. He walked into yeshiva. He looked down. He ne- he was like an honor. He was a big honor. Okay. There's no one that has patience and there's modest kilokano like Hashem b'midas akeser who talks around. He doesn't let any sins or din or any of this stuff. Nothing in this world should stop you from doing good to other people. And when other people do bad, shouldn't be in front of you. And you shouldn't think about it. Okay. And therefore Hashem is not Mavaza any Bria. He doesn't embarrass any Bria. Because if he embarrassed you because he didn't have Eira, you wouldn't be able to, to you wouldn't be able to, um, what's it called? You would not be able to last in this world. Okay. Now, the way you think. You should always think about good thoughts. You always have good thoughts? You always have good thoughts? I hope so. You shouldn't let any bad into your thought process. You have to think positively. Your thoughts should always stay away from bad things. Things that you shouldn't be thinking about. You should always be thinking about Taira. And you think about the greatness of God. And you think about the things that God does. Right? Okay. He says, Rav Shimon Bar when he used to learn, it's coming up, right? Like when he used to learn, they never, they, their machshaba, their thoughts never went out of their learning. He says, except one time, who did he get Musa to? Rav Yaisi. Machshabta ma'at, for a moment... He wasn't thinking, so he got it, he got it on top of his head. Now, the one that I really want to talk about, which is such an unbelievable thing, is here. To, comp- to, co- to control your, your anger. Okay. You should be nice to people. Okay. Now it says in the Mishnah, anyone who people like you, 
Hashem likes you. So this is what he says. Um, so that's it's, it's, that's the word like it. It, it, he gets nachas from him if people if people get nachas from you right you make people happy makes Hashem happy so he actually says that um, he says um, we'll, we'll see in a minute but he says on the bottom here like this listen to this Chazal say, this is very fascinating, in, 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 in Pirkei Yofos it says, when, when you meet people, you should always be smiling. Even if you don't like them, and you're having a hard time with them, but to them you have to be smiling. And you should always be the first one to say, Shalom Aleichem. Not Aleichem Shalom. You should never in your life, there was one Rav, that never in his life said Aleichem Shalom. Never in his life said Aleichem Shalom. Why? Because he was always the first to say, Shalom Aleichem. Could you imagine that? Never said Aleichem Shalom. What? That's not, that's not the Shalom Aleichem we're talking about. When he met somebody. But anyway, why do you have to say Aleichem Shalom? If he answered you, he didn't have to answer you. He said Shalom Aleichem. You said Aleichem Shalom. No, that's what I'm saying. He always said Shalom Aleichem. He always said Shalom Aleichem first. Now, you ready for this saying in Chazal? Listen to this. Godol hamalbim shinayim lechaveiro. Greater is the man that makes his teeth white to his friend, yoisim than a person who gives someone else to drink milk. What does that mean? Greater is the person who smiles, who makes his teeth white to others, which means he smiles than giving someone else um, than giving somebody else to drink milk. What? Sounds great. What? No, doesn't that say in the desert? I heard him says it's greater to show someone the teeth. In the desert? You just get he says. That's that's the lush he uses here. Okay, now. Shirak Adam. That only a person. Noach wa all walabrios that is liked by create by people. Yuchal Hashkadas Akas has the ability to quiet anger. A person that's loved by other people, he has the power to break Machlaikas and to cool people off. Right? We said that. Okay, now, what I wanted to tell you tonight was something else. Was something else. Amazing thing that I saw, which is so important, and that is if somebody embarrasses you, if somebody will not have to find it, thank you. Bless you, God of the world. That everything goes according to your word. You are the word. Hashem is the word. Right? I have to tell you this unbelievable thing. He talks about Shabbos, but we're not going to talk about that today. 
He talks about being embarrassed. Hold on, I gotta. I must find this because this is such a lesson. You should run away from COVID. Yeah, listen to this. You ready? Listen to this. So he talks about. A person who gets embarrassed in public. Hashlishi. Shiyakshav alavoynosav tamid. He says, think about his averis. Right? So he should be able to do tshuva. V'yirtze b'tahara. And he should look to be pure. B'techachas. And accept moser. V'yisurim. V'yoymah. Ma, listen to this, this is brilliant. Ma heim ha yisurim ha yoysetoyvim shba'ilam. What are the greatest yisurim? Why do you say yisurim? Pain? Struggle and pain. What are the greatest one? Shuloyi tradunu meboides Hashem. That won't stop me from learning and davening. If I'm sick, I can't daven. Right? If I have a headache, I can't learn. Ain, listen to this, you ready for this, guys? This is going to blow everyone's mind out. Pull your car over. Ain chave bakulam. There's no greater Yisurim There's no greater Yisurim for a person than when you are embarrassed to the bone in public in front of everyone. Why? Why, why, is, that a good, why is that good Yisurim? Because it's not making you sick. It's not taking away your koyach. And you're not sick. And it's not going to stop me from eating. Or from putting on clothing. You're not going to die from it. God forbid if you're sick, you could die. You're in pain. You can't eat. You have a headache. You can't learn. You should want it. If I have to have Yeshua for my Averis, right? I want to get embarrassed. That way, I don't get fever. I can learn. I can go to the oven now. I can go to eat now. I'm not going to die. Right? I got embarrassed. You should want to be embarrassed because that's the best Yisurim in the world. Why do I need to get, to get punished and fast? And, 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 Let people embarrass me and they'll make fun of me. And I'm not going to lose any strength and I'm not going to become weak. That's the greatest Yisurim that a person can have. No, you're a dick. Here? So if someone embarrasses you, you should say thank you. The guy's going to look at you and say, thank you? Why should I say thank you? And the answer is, why are you saying thank you? And the answer is, because I was supposed to go through pain, and God could have made me sick, and I would have been so sick that I couldn't have learned, or die, or not eat, or have a headache, or have kidney stones, or who knows what else pain I would have gone through. But instead, you embarrass me, I'm done. Is that, is that Gavaldic? It's so Gavaldic. Imagine if you live your life like that, the people are making fun of you, like, thank you. You guys are like, what? Yeah. Well, you don't have to say thank you. When you think, make fun of me, give me, give me, you know, say bad things about me in public, rip me up, it's good, that's my Yisurim, and that's Yisurim Shalava, because now I can go learn, I can go daven. And nothing really changed in my life. It depends on how I, how I take it. That's a question. Right? So if you realize that, that, that 
that no, nobody could do or say anything about you unless Hashem lets them, then you know it's coming from Shemayim. It's not coming from them. What did I just, I just, we just learned this. What did I say that? We said it two weeks, last week. So why does it say, You should love the person who does you bad, because he only did you bad, because I'm Hashem, and I told him to do it. It's the same, the same idea. All right. We have a couple of minutes left. This week's parsha. Anyway, that, that's, that's the one thing I wanted to learn. There's a lot there. That's a Neudike insight. And also, if a girl asks me what's the most important media in a boy, and the answer is he has to be, an, he's an unov. He doesn't talk about it. A lot of guys go on dates and all they talk about a whole date is themselves. I'm like, one guy. I do this, I do that, I'm great at this, I'm great at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeshiva, they don't know how to teach. Oh, that guy, he's not, he, doesn't, he doesn't know how to run a business. Oh, he's not a good ball player, I'm a good ball player. Oh, and the whole time all they do is talk, I'm like, I'm like, get out of this relationship now. Because that's not an unknown. It's like, so let me hear a little bit about you. And how's your life? And that's an honor. A guy who's modest, a guy who tips the, wait, the waiter, a guy who opens the door, a guy who doesn't talk about himself the whole time. A guy talks about himself the whole time. Your whole life, all he's going to be talking about is himself. He won't even see you. You're not, you're not, you're not going to have the right relationship. Also, a person who's an honor cannot have a temper. You cannot... If you don't think much of yourself, what are you, what are you getting angry at someone else for? If, who am I to get angry? Who am I to get angry? Who am I to get angry? Who am I to say no? Who am I? I'm, I'm a... But at the same time, you can't, you can't be abused. You can't walk around and say, step on my head. I'm nobody. But in comparison to Hashem, I am a nobody. And as a human being, a person has to... I say it differently. Don't take yourself too seriously. So too seriously. Like, you know who I am? You, you know, you do know who I am. You know what I've done? Don't take yourself too seriously. Like, at the end of the day, you're a person, and you're a human being, and yes, at the same time, you're a neshama. There's, there's always there's two sides. When, when, when they call somebody up by a wedding, and everybody stands up, you think Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky doesn't know? And they see Rosh Hashiva, Philadelphia... Started condition and everybody on both sides stand up. You think he doesn't know everyone stood up? How could you be an how could you how could you be an unov? You walk into a room, people are standing up. Because he's like, they're not standing up for me, they're standing for the tyrant. If I, if I wasn't what makes me a Shmuel Kamenetsky? Because I'm a good ball player? I'm a Shmuel Kamenetsky because I teach Tyra. Who, who's the tyrant? It's Hashem, it's not me. So they're not standing up for me, they're standing up for the tyrant. That's how it's how they looks at it. They're standing up for the tyrant, they're not standing up for me. So I'm just the vessel. I'm not the driver. What's the main part of the car? The car can't go anywhere without the driver, right? I'm the vessel. The neshama is the driver. That's part of Hashem. That's nishmat Hashem. Huh? I don't hear you. Right, but if you have the car just sitting there, it's not going to go anywhere. So once you have the, once you have them both, once what? I'm about to test it, right? But once you have them both, the driver. The neshama is the driver. The goof is the car, and the neshama is the driver. Uber's going driverless. Great. Okay. I, I can't imagine getting into a driverless car. It's so scary. Yeah, this whole world is scary. Anyway, do you know what happened this week's parsha? Do you have any idea, guys, what happened this week's parsha? Terrible, terrible tragedy. Where's my homage? Terrible tragedy happened this week's parsha. You guys don't even know about it because you know why? It's, 
always had a kash. I saw it this week. You know, it says that a baumum, a kain was a baumum, a, a blemish if he's missing a finger or uh, if his eyebrows are connected. If they're called a mum. You could get a laser, but if you don't have a laser, it's a mum. So, so uh, it's called one brow. What is it called? An eye, whatever it's called. Uno brow, what? Whatever. whatever it is. So, so that's it. Happens to be a mum. So, so I, I, I am a lefty. But I'm not a lefty. A lefty is a mum. You cannot work in the basement major if you're a lefty. And I was born. My father saw that as I grew up, I was putting the spoon in my left hand. I'm a kain. It's a mum. So the the halachic. So how do you know if you're righty or lefty according to halacha? For tefillin, right? How do you know if you're righty or lefty? How do you write? I throw a ball with my left hand. I play hockey. I, I, I use, I'm a left winger. I, my strength is in my left hand. My father made me write with my right hand. So I, I write with my right hand. The way you're considered a righty or a lefty, halacha is how you write. I write with my right hand. Left? Regular. Like a righty. Like a righty. So I'm a client. It would have been a moment. Now, it's not a moment because I'm a righty. Now, but you can't read my handwriting. Because in, in school, I write on the board. The kids are like, what'd you write, Rebbe? Because... I'm, I'm writing with the opposite hand. I'm really a lefty, but he made me write with a righty. So my brain, a lefty works the other way. So, so, but Lamai sits on a mum. So there's a lot of things that are that are that are considered mum, a, a, a cut eyelid, whatever. The, the Torah goes through all the mum, but you go to be born with with a mum. So, so. Yeah, right. Oh, so the question I always had was, so why is this guy being punished? Because he's missing a finger, right? Why is he, why is he being punished? Because he's missing a finger. He was born that way. It's not his fault. The Teretz is, and when it comes to, when it, it has to do with fault. When it comes to God, right, there, there has to be a certain level of perfection. So, so a person, when he serves Hashem, like you as a Jewish kid, you get on a bus and you, and you don't get up for the old lady, you don't get up and you let her stand there, that's, that's a mum. It doesn't mean a physical moment. It's, it's, you're a Jew, you're representing God, and why, like, why don't you get up and let the old lady sit down? So when, when it comes to representing God, it has to be perfection. No, that doesn't mean anything. I'm talking about age. Not you're, they're, they're, they're not, they don't have to get up for you. There's no mitzvah. There's no mitzvah. It doesn't say in the Torah, someone's doing yamak, you have to get up for them. But it says, when they save a takum, for someone who's old, you have to get up. No, the mitzvah of the Torah. No, you're right. It's, it's not Jewish, but it's a chil Hashem. If you don't get up, they'll be like, "Look at that! He's gonna be looking young at you." Young Jewish kids not getting up for an old man. That's chil Hashem. Terrible story at the end of this week's parsha. What's the terrible story? Terrible story goes like this. Vayetzei ben Isha. A guy went out, a boy went out. He was the son of a Jewish woman, Ruhu ben Ish Mitzri. The father, his father was a guy, was a Mitzri. He said Hashem's name and he cursed, he cursed God. So, a person who curses God is Chayv Misa. This guy went out and he cursed God. His father was an Egyptian. Now, we know that no women fooled around in Mitzrayim. 
So how did that happen that he had a father that was a Mitzri? So it says that the fa- his father went out to work and the Mitzri came that night and may believe it was his father. So she did not know that it was not her husband. She thought it was her husband. Meanwhile, it was a Mitzri. So they asked, so why did Hashem let that happen? It's a terrible story, right? So the Torah tells us why. For shame, emo. Now, the, the Torah never says bad. Doesn't want, if the kid's bad, it doesn't say the name of the, of, the, of for instance, Kairach, right? Ben Yitzhak, Ben Kahas, Ben Levi. It doesn't say Ben Aaron. Because Aaron said, I don't want, I don't, Kairach was a Russia. I don't want to know that, that right? So, so the Torah here tells us who his mother's name was. It doesn't many times the Torah tell us women's name altogether. But if you say, Oh, Moshe, Vishem, Imo, Shilomis, Bas, Divri, Lamate, Dun. That was her name. Shlomit? A lot of people call their daughter Shlomit. I don't know why, because this, this was not a good name over here. Shlomit, Bas, Divri, Lamate, Dun. And they didn't know what to do with him. And in the end, they told him they have to take him out and stone him to death. Now, Zok Rashi. Zok Rashi. Why are we saying her name? Right. Um, she was the only one. That she would go to everybody, including men, and say she had a big mouth. The daughter of a talker. Divri means talker. Right? And Shlomit, the name Shlomit came from we're saying Shalom Aleichem to men. You're not supposed to, women are not supposed to walk around saying Shalom Aleichem to men. So her punishment was that this happened. The person has to be very careful. A woman has to be very careful not to be going around. So her name was Shlomit Badivri. And he ended up, the boy ended up being killed. Now what happened? Why would he, why would he, he was a Jewish boy, why would he curse Hashem? How did this whole thing happen? Right? So it says... That the end of the parsha, um, the, the the parsha before this in in Emor is talking about the lechem apanim, the twelve breads that were baked, and then a week later the Kohanim took them and ate them erev Shabbos, right? So he said, "How could it be the king of ki- any regular king has fresh warm bread? How could it be the king of kings, God, eats stale cold bread like he waited a week?" He was making fun of Hashem. And this whole thing started, it made, it made a whole craziness. Now, the mistake he made was that had he waited to see the end of the picture, he would have seen that on Friday the bread is warm. It was a miracle, right? But he wanted to know right away. Like, I heard you bake it here and you only give it there. Like, it takes, takes that much time. I don't understand it. If he would have waited, so, so I saw Neri Degavard. It says, people's biggest mistakes in life, when they have questions on God, is because they don't have the time to wait for the answer. Where do we see this, boys? Where's the most high? Where's the most famous place we see this? Adam and Chava. Adam and Chava were created Erev Shabbos. Actually, they would have been able to eat from the Eitz Hadas on Shabbos. The Eitz Hadas they were supposed to eat on Shabbos. But they, she didn't wait. She ate it right before Shabbos. Had she waited, brought down, and many, many of Chazal that that was supposed to be for Shabbos. And on Shabbos is so toiv, they wouldn't have been toiv Because Shabbos is so toiv. But they didn't wait. So here, he said, I don't understand. God, you're the king. 
like you don't get your bread warm or you eat cold bread. But had he waited to see, let's see what the bread looks like after a week, right? He would have seen that the bread was warm and he wouldn't have had a question. But he asked a question and he didn't have an answer right away and that's why he went off to there. Alright, one more thing I want to tell you. Yeah, he went totally there and he ended up cursing Hashem with Hashem's name. I want to tell you a very ridiculous story. A very ridiculous story. Here, this is what he says here. The lechel panim was put on the shulchan of the mishkan every Shabbos to be removed the next Shabbos, eaten by the kind. According to the medrash, had a problem with this. He argued that a king should be served warm, fresh bread, not weak, old, stale bread. He remained steadfast in arguing and cursed Hashem. Rav Zalman Sarotskin points out an interesting fact. What would have happened if the fellow would have waited a week? He would have seen a miracle. The bread was not hard and stale, but we think it's fresh for entire week. He would have no questions. He wouldn't have cursed Hashem. But he had no patience. He had to know now. And if he did not make sense to him now, the whole concept was not worthwhile. Okay, then the whole thing is not true. Then the whole Hashem is not true. That was the problem. He should have waited. We don't wait. But there is a story here. There is a story here. Famous question as well. What is the need for the double variation? Not that. No. He says here. It's an interesting thought. When it comes to um, when it comes to working with other people, okay. Um, says the following. It says, You shouldn't um, profane my name. And you should make me holy. So they asked the question, if it said you shouldn't desecrate me, you should, it, it should have just said in the Torah, you should make me holy. If it says you make me holy, then I know you shouldn't desecrate. So he says, it's possible to sanctify and desecrate Hashem's name at the same time. The image of religion can easily be tarnished by someone who acts in the name of religion. Just <coughs> Are you listening? This is for you. The image of religion can easily be tarnished by some who act detrimentally in the name of religion. Thus the Torah here instructs us, through your pursuit of holy tasks and godliness, do not cause a desecration of the very ideals you seek to uphold. The idea is further, which says, you should love Hashem, right? Um, with your soul, it's troubling. The ability to love is a culmination of knowledge and experience. Loving it can't be imposed on a person. You can't tell someone to love it. Therefore, the Chazal explained that Vahafta means you must cause Hashem to be loved. And we're going to end with this. It says in Kriyashma, you should love Hashem. Boys, boys, can I tell you to love something? Right? I want you to love your mother. If you don't love... Right, but if, let's say you don't love your mother. You're like, Rebbe, what should I do? I don't love her, right? But you should love her. And if I don't love her, like, what should I do? He says something new with the kids. It's beautiful. He says, that's not what it means in Kriyashma. You should love Hashem. You should cause Hashem to be loved. You should make a Kiddush Hashem in the world. You should bring people to love Hashem. You should cause your mother to be loved. Not you should love your mother. You should cause your mother to be loved. Talk good about it to people. Praise her. So that's what he's saying over there. Chazal, the Hafta, means you should cause Hashem to be loved with all your heart. Let people say, he studies Torah, and, and look how honest and honorable he is. He gets up for other people. This will cause God to be loved in the eyes of the world. But if one studies Torah and is dishonest and unkind, 
he will profane Hashem's name and alienate others from the Torah. Chas v'shalom, if you set a bad example and you do the wrong thing, then uh, you will cause, you'll cause, even though you're Kaddish, because you're doing the wrong thing, you're going to cause the profanity of Hashem. So I just heard from a rabbi something very scary for me and for anyone who does what I do or for anyone who, any speakers on Torah anytime, how many speakers do you have? How many? 700? Okay, so you can give this message. Just heard this today. And if we will practice this, it would be a different world. The same amount of time that you spend speaking to the public, you have to spend speaking to yourself. Wow! You have to, you know, I'm giving you shit to you guys tonight for an hour to help give you chizik and to, to work on you and to make you come closer to Hashem. You can't speak an hour to other people till you first speak to yourself for an hour. So you spoke 10 hours this week to other people to give them chizik or musa, whatever it is. You better have spoken 10 hours to yourself this week. Ooh, what? No, it doesn't mean preparing the shear. No, you. No, you. Before you tell someone to be modest or an unov, whatever amount of time you talk to them about being an unov, you talk to yourself about being an unov. Speaking to people is really speaking to yourself also at the same time. No. Be giving because you're really yourself. I want to talk to you. If I want to talk to you guys an hour tonight about Shemira saying, I'm not looking at girls. Right, not looking at movies and at girls, and, and, and you should be, you should, you shouldn't look at right. Then really, for me to give it over that you should be makabalit, I have to work an hour on my shmir sinayim, and, and and understanding my problems with it, and, and and my pitfalls, and maybe I'm not doing it right. Because tefillah, before you dive into Hashem for an hour. Really, the Gemara said in the times of when you were supposed to, you had to have a chana for an hour, or there was something that had two hours for that hour. Why? Because before you talk, before you down to Hashem, rachana is to, to work on yourself first for an hour before I before I start diving to Hashem. So before you give a schmooze, imagine I'm, I'm not saying that they don't do it. I'm not saying all seven hundred don't do it, but I need to start doing it before you give a schmooze to other to whatever your subject is that night, whatever it is, give yourself a schmooze. You're talking for 10 hours this week, Shurim? Talk to yourself 10 hours, Shurim. You're, 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 you're giving a shir for 10 hours in Gemara? Learn Gemara 10 hours by your, first by yourself. It doesn't mean preparing for the shir. It doesn't mean what I quoted here. It means, what are we talking, what am I talking about tonight? We're talking about the Midah of Anava. Okay, it's going to be an hour shir, the Midah of Anava, and the Midah of, if people embarrass you, that's the best Yisurim in the world. You should be so happy the guy embarrassed you in front of everyone you're like, you just saved me from getting sick. You just saved me from your kidney stone. You just saved me from a headache. I love you. Thank you for embarrassing me and calling me all the names and talking bad about me on, on, on the internet and, and on Instagram and all that. Mwah! When, when I, if I would have known this, when they did that whole thing with, with, with uh, Zumba, with me, I would have been jumping in the sky. Baruch Hashem, they made fun of me in Zumba. They ripped my head off. I don't have to get sick. Right? Amazing. But I didn't know it this year at that time. Tzlach everybody. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.